It's the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. And here's your host, that moderate-talking middle-aged man himself, Roger Stroop. Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. I'm Roger Stroop. This week is the fourth installment of my sub-series, Tales from the Bargain Bin. It's where I look at albums that were released with major label muscle behind them and expectations of success, but for whatever reason, they didn't sell very well and copies of them likely ended up on the discount racks of record stores. The subject of this week's tale comes from Japan. Japan has a vibrant and eclectic pop culture, but unlike those of countries like the US and Britain, Only certain segments of it have managed to be successfully marketed beyond Asia. Their biggest cultural export has been anime. Since the 1960s, Japanese-made cartoon TV shows and films have found great success in the West. From Astro Boy to Speed Racer to Sailor Moon to Pokemon to Cowboy Bebop to the films of Hiao Miyazaki, Japanese animation has captured a large global audience. And in recent years, The graphic novels known as manga, many of which have inspired anime series, have also become popular in the West. Music, however, has been a different story, and the language barrier isn't entirely responsible. In fact, the first and biggest biggest American hit by a Japanese artist was sung entirely in Japanese. In 1963, a song by Q Sakamoto that had been a massive hit in his homeland, was released in in the United States. The song was called Ue o Muite Aruko, which translates to I look up when I walk. But to make it easier for English speakers to remember, it was given the title Sukiyaki, the name of a Japanese beef dish. In spite of it being in a foreign language, Americans took to the song, and it hit number one. It was 16 years before another Japanese act would crack the American Top 40. In the summer of 1979, two women who performed under the name Pink Lady got to number 37 with Kiss in the Dark, a disco track they sang in phonetic English. Around this time, then-NBC president Fred Silverman saw a news report about how massively popular the ladies were in Japan, and he was inspired to sign the duo to host their own TV variety show. But the fact that the women, Mitsuyo Nomoto and Keiko Masuda, spoke very little English, combined with the declining fortunes of TV variety shows in America, ended ended up making the show one of the most infamous disasters in entertainment history. There were other attempts to launch Japanese artists in America in the 80s on the back of prevailing musical trends. When heavy metal began racking up big sales, U.S. labels signed the bands Loudness and Easy O. Both groups cracked their album charts, but neither became major names in America. And in the late 80s, when Debbie Gibson and New Kids on the Block led a boom in teenage girl-friendly pop, Seiko Matsuda was marketed to that crowd, despite her being well into into her 20s. She was even paired with new kid Donnie Wahlberg for the single The Right Combination, but it only got to number 54 and the album failed to chart. In the early 90s, the success of Nirvana's Nevermind album 
made grunge, alternative, and indie rock the new big thing in the music industry. Suddenly, hundreds of bands from around the world who were signed to tiny labels and were only played on college radio were being snapped up by the majors. This included a Japanese all-female punk pop trio who sang about space, toys, and candy, and who, and who had been tapped by none other than Kurt Cobain himself to open for Nirvana on a UK tour. It was in that atmosphere that Virgin Records signed Shonen Knife and released their album Let's Knife in 1993. Formed in Osaka in 1981, Shonen Knife were made up of three women who worked as office clerks. Sisters Naoko and Atsuko Yamano played guitar and drums respectively, while their friend Michi Nakatani played bass. Influenced by 60s pop like the Beatles and the Beach Boys, as well as 70s punk bands like the Ramones and the Buzzcocks, the group played their first gig in January of 1982, and later that year they re released their first independent cassette. The group continued to release music in Japan, and it caught the attention of American indie labels who started putting out their albums and helped them gain a cult following and high-profile endorsements in the underground U.S. music scene from bands like Sonic Youth and Red Cross. In the early 90s, the group started regularly touring America, which resulted in Kurt Cobain seeing a 1991 show in Los Angeles which led to the opening slot for Nirvana, just as that band was exploding into the mainstream, which ultimately led to their signing with Virgin and the January 26, 1993 U.S. release of Let's Knife. Produced by the band themselves at a studio in Osaka, Let's Knife is made up mostly of new versions of songs they had recorded before, but for the first time, all of the lyrics are in English. The cover is brightly colored, featuring the name and title in a 60s style font and hippie style flowers. The ladies are pictured dressed in similarly vivid colors from head to toe, complete with hairbands that make them look like they're all cosplaying as psychedelic versions of Veronica from Archie Comics. It's not a cover that shares the same aesthetic as most of the alternative acts that were being marketed to the Nirvana audience at the time. It would stick out like a sore thumb on a rack with Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots CDs and even those by some of their predominantly female contemporaries like Hole and L7. But how does it sound? Let's find out. Track one is Riding on a Rocket. It very much follows the loud and fast Ramones template. Let's blast off into the lyrics. Riding on the Rocket. I want to go to Pluto. Space foods are marshmallows, asparagus, ice cream. Ooh. Blue-eyed kitty cat said, please let me go with you. Iko, Iko, everybody let's go. Iko, Iko, everybody let's go. Iko, Iko, everybody Iko. Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, Mars. Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and planet Earth. Getting in radio communication. Hello, hello. Earth is like a little star. Hello, hello. Shaking her hip, blue-eyed blue cat dances the mambo. Ookaboo, ookaboo. Everybody ookaboo. Ookaboo, ookaboo. Spacewalk, ookaboo. Ookaboo, ookaboo. 
let's do the ukaboo. Floating through space with you, it's a dance party. Floating through space, let's drink to the planet Earth. Come on. Not surprisingly, their thick Japanese accents make the world words difficult to understand, but their exuberance shines through. They're in space, they're having fun, and you wish you were with them. Next up is Bear Up Bison. It, sa- it sounds like later period Ramones, like Pet Cemetery era. The lyrics have a similar pattern to Making Plans for Nigel, a 1979 song by one of the band's other favorites, XTC. Let these lyrics stampede through your brain. We're only making plans for the dirty, dirty bison. We don't like him so much because he's very, very ugly. We're only making plans for the dark brown bison. He has a right to live, though he's ill, 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 ill shaped. He's on the way to extinction. We only want what's best for him. Bear up, bison. Never say die. Bear up, bison. Never say die. It's an interesting dichotomy. They don't like the bison's appearance, but they are dedicated to keeping his species alive. There could be a subtle message about tolerance of other viewpoints and cultures, or it could be just about wanting to give a bison a bath and find him a mate. Track three is Twist Barbie. The sound is back to being like the first two Ramones albums. The lyrics are about the famous Mattel fashion doll and the characteristics they imagined she would have if she came to life. Be a doll and listen to these lyrics. Blue eyes, blonde hair, tight body, long legs. She's very smart. She can dance well. Bang, 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 twist Barbie. Oh, sexy girl. Blue eyes, blonde hair, tight body, long legs. She's glamorous. She's welcomed by boys. Bang, 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 twist Barbie. Oh, sexy girl. I want to be twist Barbie. Is it ironic? A spoof on corporate influence on female body image? I don't think so. They just, it seems like they just like Barbie dolls. Whether it's because of cultural differences or otherwise, the group's lyrics have a very naive and almost childlike perspective. Depending on your perspective, that can either be charming or annoying. I fall into the former category. Track four is Tortoise Brand Pot Scrubbing Cleaners theme, Sea Turtle. Now, I don't know if this is an actual commercial jingle, but I can tell you that this is a real product, a pot scrubber that comes in a yellow package with an illustration of a tortoise on it made by a company called Kamenoko Tawashi. Here's how Shonen Knife try to sell it. Tortoise brand pot cleaner, specially selected pot cleaner. The best pot cleaner in the world is specially selected tortoise brand. Not a lot of words, but they get to the point. And over Mamas and the Papas style 60s pop, I'm sold. The fifth song is Antonio Baca Guy. Baka is a Japanese word meaning fool or idiot, but I'm not sure that's what they mean here. The music alternates between slow metal and fast punk. See what you make of these lyrics. Oh, 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 big Baka guy. He is large, about two feet. 
O-O-O, big baka guy. He came from an African beach. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful baka guy. O-O-O, big baka guy. Polished and shining like ivory. O-O-O, big baka guy. Sitting on an alcove, calmly. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful baka guy. You could make some dirty insinuations about these lyrics. I mean, there aren't many things that can be considered large if they're only two feet. But I'm going to say that they're talking about something completely innocent, like maybe some kind of mollusk or crustacean named Antonio. We'll look at more of Let's Knife after this. Hi, this is your host, Roger Stroop letting you know that if you like my point of view on old pop music, you can actually find lots more of it on the Old Man Yells at Music blog. I've been looking back at top 40 charts from the 70s, 80s, and 90s and beyond for almost 10 years now, and I've done hundreds of entries and covered thousands of songs from the American, Canadian, and British charts, from the A's to ZZ Top, from Abacab to Zoom. You'll also find my Uneasy Writer tournaments, celebrating the odd ducks of the American Top 40. The 70s tourney is complete, but the 80s one is just getting started, and you can follow along on the blog as it progresses. And of course, you can find links to the latest episode of this podcast and the accompanying YouTube playlists there. So take a look at the Old Man Yells at Music blog, which you can find at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Why is it there? You'll have to go there to find out. That's the Old Man Yells at Music blog at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Track six is Ah Singapore. It's a tribute to the South Asian city-state. Here are the lyrics. Little girl said Chinese dumplings taste so good. And the tourists take pictures of the phoenix all around town. Singapore. Ah Singapore. Many tall skyscrapers standing in a row. In, the Asia, in this Asian country just north of the equator. Singapore. Ah, Singapore. You can't buy chewing gum anywhere in Singapore. But you can buy peppermint candy. Because you eat it till it's gone. Singapore. Ah, Singapore. It's probably the most distinctive sounding track on the album. I would describe it as Asian reggae. The seventh song is Flying Jelly Attack. It's another song with a Ramon sound. The song is about eating candy and then using it to have a food fight. Chew on these lyrics. I'm gonna eat jelly, 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 jelly beans. You're gonna eat cherry, 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 cherry drops. I'm gonna eat jelly, 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 jelly beans. You're going to eat cherry, 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 cherry drops. Oh, flying jelly beans, throwing them to you. Oh, crashing cherry drops, breaking right in two. When it gets dangerous, call out a rescue. Somebody might hear you calling and come to help you soon. Oh, they crash into each other, jelly beans, eating them and throwing them forever, cherry drops. Track eight is Black Bass. It's about fishing. See if you bite on these lyrics. Let's go fishing for a black bass. 
but it is a rainy day. Let's go fishing to the lake, but it is a windy day. I went to buy many lures. I got up early in the morning. I made tuna sandwiches, put them in a basket with choco bars. Black bass got my tackle and my bait. Black bass, oh, I can hardly wait. Black bass, come along with me. Black bass, oh, how happy we'll be. Let's go fishing for a black bass, but it is a rainy day. Let's go fishing to the lake, but it is a windy day. Someone brought the black bass to this lake from far away, changing the biological distribution of the lake. It's the first song I've ever heard that talks about introducing a new species into an ecosystem. It's another one with a 60s sound. This one reminds me of the animals. Track nine is Cycling is Fun. It has an early 60s girl group sound. Take a ride with these lyrics. I want to go, I want to go to the green fields with you, baby. Come on, let's go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Riding on a bicycle together. We could ride forever. Come on, let's go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Riding on the cycling road. Everyone is having fun. Riding on the cycling road. Nobody knows our cycling road. Run, run, run to run. Ride riding on a bicycle. Riding on the cycling road. See the green trees passing by. Sun is shining down on me. I don't have to wonder why. Track 10 is Watchin' Girl. It's another one with a 60s sound. This, these, the lyrics are about paying less attention to entertainment and instead looking at things in the world around you, like pretty ladies. Let's take a gander at the lyrics. Riding on the train, everyone is closing their eyes. They can't see anything. Pretending that they are asleep. Watching girl, watching girl, watching girl. Think about it sometimes. Do we need the media? I don't need it anymore. My body is so alive I can feel everything. So I don't need everything, anything else. Watching girl, watching girl. Hey now, everybody open your eyes. Hey now, everybody look outside. Song 11 is I Am A Cat. Another one with that Ramon sound. What could this one possibly be about? Let's satisfy our curiosity now. Sometimes I step into a timeless zone and I lose my way. I don't know where I am. Sometimes I feel like I'm in the Milky Way and I lose myself. I don't know who I am. I discover whiskers of a cat in a timeless zone and I put them on my face. In a moment, I become a sweet little cat, and I dance on a flying saucer. Track 12 is Tortoise Brand Pot Scrubbing Cleaners theme, Green Tortoise. It's the same song as track 4, but this one is Stomping Rock. I think I prefer the first one. Track song 13 is Devil House. It starts with thunder sounds, then there's some monsters-like surf guitar. Then it's more Ramonzi punk. It's about, well, just listen. It was really dark by sudden storm. I had a romantic drive with a pretty girl. We lost our way and we got wet in the rain, found our way to an occult's house at last. Time warp, time trip, time warp.
time trip. This is a devil house, a movie. I maybe saw it on the other day. Devil house. A danger is near at hand. Devil house. Ooh, devil house. Devil house. Ooh, devil house. I'm afraid, she said with quivering lips. Welcome, sir, said a steward. A steward with an uncanny look. Hands of an old clock turned anti-clockwise. It was held in a, in a square dance party in a hall. Track 14 is Insect Collector. It's Sunny Pop. Bug out to these lyrics. Going to a mountain alone with her insect cage. Lost track, lost track of time while waiting for another insect. Konchu Saishu. Going home to give an inspection to a little shell. Consulting a picture book to see what she collected. Konchu Saishu. All, all arranged neatly in a case and kept with care. Just before bedtime, one more look and she's happy. Insect collecting is a hobby few can share, but when she thinks about her insects, she feels happy. Oh, so happy. She is happy. She's an insect collector. And I think Kanchu Saishu means insect collector. I tried looking it up and sort of, it wasn't exact, but I think that's what it means. Track 15 is Burning Farm, the longest song at the, on the album. It has a 90s indie rock kind of sound. Here are some fiery lyrics. Na, 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 to this vast wasteland, wasteland we will set aflame. This is the beginning of our burning farm. Na, 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 smoke is rising to the sky, and you and I beat the drum to the earth gods above. You and I sing our song. Na, na, na. Now it is harvest dance, stamping down the ash to land, passing the holy, holy wine cup. We return to primitive man. Na, na, na. Burning farm, burning farm, burning farm, burning farm. Those na, na, na's I, I reference, they're actually longer. It's, it's like na, 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 na. It's similar to very similar to almost, but not quite, the sim similar kind of na na nas to the fame to the Wilson Pickett's hit "Land of a Thousand Dances." We'll look at the rest of the album and what what happened afterward. Right after this. Hello, Roger Stroop again. We all know that COVID nineteen is hitting small businesses particularly hard. And I have first-hand knowledge of this, as my wife is a home-based music teacher. Right now, she isn't doing lessons at home, but she has been able to teach some of her students over the internet. Which got me thinking, you don't have to live in the St. Catharines, Niagara area to learn piano, voice, and or musical theory from Linda's lessons. I've told you before about her years of experience and many satisfied customers. I've also told you you can look up Linda's lessons on Facebook and see videos of her singing. You'll know for sure she knows what she's doing. So if you want to learn music and you think you'd be more comfortable learning over the internet, take a look at the Linda's lessons page on Facebook. At the very least, you'll hear an amazing singer, my wife, Linda Quigg. Thank you very much.
Track 16 is Get the Wow. It's another one with the Ramon sound. See if you're wowed by these lyrics. When you open my little box, wow. Big surprise from me to you, wow. Give it to you one more time, wow. You're my friend, so say it again, wow. Come on now, we're gonna have a good party. Hey, let's eat some honey pie, baby. Ooh, the sun is smiling today for you and me. Congratulations, everything's all right. Congratulations, it'll be all right. Every night I dream of you and me together, but until that day, I'll wait for you forever. I can't wait to, to see you again, wow. You're my friend until the end, wow. Now this one, I think might actually be about sex. Little box, big surprise, eat some honey pie. I think they had been exposed to enough English at this point to know how this would sound. The final track on Let's Knife is Milky Way. It's an instrumental with a sound like the surf style tracks of the Safaris or the Ventures from the 60s. To me, it sounds like a cross between the themes to Hawaii Five-O and the Monsters. So what are my overall impressions? Well, me, well, I feel like this album has a good mix of fast poppy punk and homages to styles from the 60s. The music is always exuberantly infectious, like the band is at a party you wish you were at. And the lyrics are charming and often funny. But the problem is the accent means you have to look closely to under to listen closely to understand them or take the time to read them in the CD booklet to sing along. My favorite tracks are Bear Up Bison, Twist Barbie, Flying Jelly Attack, and Devil House. As for the question of could this album have been a bigger success, I unfortunately don't see how. The language and cultural barriers were just too great to lift them above their niche market. Around the time of the album's release, they did get some coverage in magazines like Rolling Stone and Entertainment Weekly, but I feel like the majority of people who investigated the album further would have been put off by not being able to easily comprehend what the band was singing about. I think there's a case to be made that their chances may have been better had they sung in Japanese, because people would have expected not to be able to understand the words. But either way, I believe that there was no real path to, to Let's Knife expanding the band's following too far beyond their cult. I'm sure they picked up some fans, with, some fans with this record, but only a relative handful. Neither Let's Knife nor any of its tracks appeared on any Billboard charts. The next year, Virgin released Shonen Knife's next album, Rock Animals, which featured guest guitar on one track by Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth. Rock Animals got to number 39 on the Heat Seekers chart, a chart for artists who've never, who've never reached the top 100 of the album chart. A video for the song Tomato Head also got played on MTV back when they did stuff like that. That same year, they appeared on the Carpenters tribute album, If I Were a Carpenter, covering the 1974 hit, Top of the World. After that, they were once again consigned to indie labels in the U.S. Michi Nakatani left the band in 1999, so Atsuko Yamano moved to bass, and Mana Nishiura was hired to play drums. 
Sadly, Nishiura was killed in a car accident in 2005, and Etsuko Nakanishi took over the kit. She was replaced in 2010 by Emi Morimoto, who was replaced herself in 2015 by Risa Kawano. In 2007, Atsuko Yamano left the band and was replaced by Ritsuko Taneda. Atsuko rejoined the band in 2015, and Taneda moved to rhythm guitar. She took a, Taneda took a brief hiatus to have a baby, and the tr group was a trio again until she returned in 2017. Their most recent album, Sweet Candy Power, was released last year. Since the release of Let's Knife, other Japanese artists have tried to break into the Western market. Another all-female rock band, the 5678s, got attention after appearing in Quentin Tarantino's 2003 movie, Kill Bill Volume 1. And the next year, they picked up a top 40 hit in the UK with Woohoo. Also in the 2000s, a female duo called Puffy released three albums in North America under the name Puffy Emmy Yumi using the girls' first, na first names to avoid con confusion with Sean Combs. They didn't have any hits, but they did have their own show on the Cartoon Network, Hi Hi Puffy Emmy Yumi, from 2004 to 2006. But when it comes to Asian pop stars getting big in America, the breakthrough has come not from Japan, but rather Korea, with the success in, 2000, in recent years of first of size viral hit Gangnam Style, and lately, the boy band BTS. Now it's time for Old Man Yells at You. I'll start simply by recommending that you listen to a couple of Shonen Knife's early albums, Burning Farm and Pretty Little Baka Guy to hear the original versions of some of the songs on Let's Knife, as well as some of their other popular songs. Then look up some clips from the infamous Pink Lady Variety Show, sometimes referred to as Pink Lady and Jeff, because they worked with an American comedian named Jeff Altman. If you like train wrecks, you'll love this stuff. And finally, let me make an out-of-the-box suggestion and say, if you've got a bicycle, go for a nice long ride. After all, I heard somewhere that cycling is fun. Thank you, as always, for listening to this episode of the Old Man Yells at Music podcast. As always, if you like what you've heard, share, subscribe, and leave a review where you found it. You can also leave feedback on the Facebook and Twitter feeds, both of which are at Mr. B. Glovehead, or on the blog post for the episode, which is at bobbyglovescasey.blogspot.com. Or you can check out the Instagram account, at Old Man Yells at Music. As always, there's a companion YouTube playlist for this episode, which I link to in the show notes. All lyrics quoted are for the purposes of discussion and review. No infringement is intended. Next time in the show, it's a Halloween-themed turn-on, tune-in rockout. We look at a TV movie that was meant to boost a band to greater popularity, but instead became one of the biggest embarrassments of their career. Until then, I'm Roger Stroop, saying, Bear up, Bison. Never say die. Stay safe.